Welcome to Consume for Good. I'm Billy. And I'm Emily. And we're just an everyday couple stumbling through a plant-based keto lifestyle. Join us on our journey as we discuss topics and things that we've found that have helped us. Uh, if you think that this is a route that you're, you want to go, please make sure you consult an expert. But we hope the information is helpful. For this week in our frequently discussed topics or myths about plant-based diets, um, we want to talk about one that I think is perpetuated a lot online and there's a lot of research, so that's part of what we're talking about, but just the idea that being vegan or having a plant-based mm -hmm. diet is inherently healthy. I think a lot of people would like to believe that it's the healthiest diet end of, right? Yeah, I think that sometimes people really kind of say that, okay, if you're doing that, then you have to be healthy, and and so is it. And I think there's lots of healthy avenues. Obviously, it's a diet we have chosen, but under that umbrella of eating vegan or plant-based diet, there are things like Oreos and french fries. So it's not necessarily inherently always going to be the healthiest. Um, but I think most people can agree that if you're eating just Oreos and french fries, you know you're not being the healthiest. But what I wanted to kind of bring up more this week was, is overall a somewhat balanced version of a vegan or plant-based diet healthier? So there's lots and lots of studies that basically do say over the last kind of 40 years that yes, that overall um, a vegan diet is healthier and that cuts down on lots of different things, you know, cholesterol, heart disease, all of that lowers all of those risks. Um, and really interesting when I was doing the research and to try and find some studies, I think one of the first studies of a vegan diet was actually done by the LDS church, which I thought was so odd that like a church mm -hmm. started this up. It was really interesting. So after that study, there been lots of studies of diets and lots of surveys of people who have a vegetarian or vegan diet as well. Um, so there's definitely lots of research out there to go and find um, particulars. But one that came out recently that again inspired this was a study done through Epic Oxford said that a vegan diet raised your risk for stroke. Um, and that's usually not what we hear in the news about a plant-based diet, right? That's pretty out of the norm. Yeah, because I think a lot of people are seeing, there's a lot of documentaries and things like that out mm -hmm. there that are showing the benefits. So it was very interesting that this study came out and fairly recently um, that it showed kind of a, a different side of it. So it was really, like you said, what inspired us to kind of investigate, like, what is the study talking about? And you're going to go into it a little bit more. So yeah. I think that, yeah, it's definitely something good to look at. You really should, before going down a new avenue, look at all sides of the spectrum before saying this is the only way to go because everybody's a little bit different. So you want to make sure that you're tailoring it to what you need. 100%. And that's, like you said, we did investigate. So we read the headlines and have been kind of talking about it ourselves. And so I uh, dove in and read a couple studies or the papers uh, after the studies. And so there was one, like I said, the, the very first one, the official one was that LDS church and that expired, inspired, sorry, uh, an Oxford study, kind of the 80s up to early 2000s of meat eaters, pescatarians, vegetarians, and a few vegans in there. And that was one of the sort of landmark ones that showed it cut down on heart disease. And overall, um, it does show for better um, kind of health screenings. But the more recent one that sort of built off of that one is an 18-year study. So the study is called Risks of Ischemic Heart Disease and Stroke in Meat Eaters, Fish Eaters, and Vegetarians Over 18 Years of Follow-Up, Results from a Prospective Epic Oxford Study. So like the title says, it was over 18 years um, it kind of built off a previous study, like I said, um, that found they have a low rate of heart disease and they wanted to investigate 
sort of other markers. Mm -hmm. So it started with some of the same participants that started in the 80s. They said they recruited some of those again to continue just because they had so much information on them. This was done in England as well, which I think is somewhat an important thing to, to note is that they had access through the NHS, which is our National Health Service, to a lot of their health records. So participants didn't really have to pay to be part of this or didn't have to be paid, right? Because your health coverage is already covered by the NHS. And it's easier to just get those long-term results because it's one giant database that they had access to. So I could see why it would be done in England. But it built off the one in the 80s, that started in the 80s, sorry. So they did find some participants that were in the previous study. Also recruited people through the post mostly. They sent flyers to two different societies in England, the Vegetarian Society and the Vegan Society, mm -hmm. asking them to complete a survey and be part of it. And from those vegetarians and vegans, they then asked them to recruit friends of theirs who are meat eaters with the idea that they'd be in the same sort of activity circle, same socio-economical circles and just similar background, similar education, all of that sort of thing. And so the study, like I said, just wrapped up over 18 years. They did lots of different things, you know, starting with surveys, food logs, blood tests, all of these sort of things throughout those years to try and see what, what they could find. And the study did find, as others, that vegans and vegetarians were at a lower rate of heart disease, with vegans being at a much lower rate. But what they did find is when it came to strokes, and hence the title, is that vegans had fewer strokes in their test group. It's not like vegans suddenly had a higher rate of strokes. But what they did, and where the sort of results came from, I guess, is they had to adjust the results of their vegetarian and vegans to, to average out some of the non-food related habits of meat eaters. So what that means is things like smoking and activity levels and other things like that that are not, like I said, directly food. It's not calories, it's not adjusting any of those, it's other life choices or lifestyle choices, whatever you want to call it, that they do. They found that their group of vegetarians and vegans were less likely to smoke, so they had to adjust to match their numbers of like, if, you know, 5% of meat eaters smoke, they had to sort of shift the results to match that so that if it were everyone, regardless of their outside choices, what would those results be like? Mm -hmm. And so when they adjusted for that, they did find that vegetarians had a slightly increased risk of stroke. I will first of all say that they themselves admit, like literally right after that sentence, their estimates are not statistically significant, possibly because of the small number of actual vegans. They didn't have a lot of vegans. They had quite a lot of vegetarians, but not vegans in their group. And obviously that's hard to have, you know, veganism is still a newer diet. Plant-based is still, well, not a new diet at all, but it's becoming more popular slowly, I'd say. There's more options, so more people are open to it. And over 18 years, you know, that's a hard diet to maintain and some people may not have stuck with it the whole mm -hmm. time and that sort of disqualifies them of being classified as... Another big part that I think is important to kind of discuss with those results, because obviously it, it's been adjusted for those other lifestyle habits. Right. Another thing to think about in this study is the rate of stroke is a marginal rate. So it is slightly more with their adjustments for the vegetarian diet. So it is slightly more than their meat eaters. But the difference between that and the risk of vegetarians and non-meat eaters having heart disease is much greater. So I think what they're saying from this study is that it's definitely something that needs to be investigated with a larger group of vegetarians and vegans and maybe looking more into drilling down is it some of those outside life choices that really make a difference or is it the diet itself but also increased risk is very minimal in comparison to the decreased risk of heart disease which is huge it's a huge decrease in that vegetarian diet and I think 
one of the important things with that as well is that the biggest killer of adults right now is heart disease. Mm -hmm. So if you can reduce the biggest risk to you as an adult, I think that's a huge win, right? Obviously there needs to be more investigation and maybe there is an increased risk of stroke with a vegetarian vegan diet. It's sort of inconclusive, that's what they say themselves. It points to it a bit, but it's not provable yet. Yeah, and I think what's important about going kind of looking at this study and being excited that it came out, right? Because it gives a little bit more information as we as more and more studies get are done and the group size gets bigger, we really can kind of pinpoint what makes, you know, eating this way or what adjustments maybe even as eating a plant-based lifestyle or a vegan diet, what adjustments you might need to make to make sure that you are getting the proper amount of nutrition. Mm -hmm. You know, we've talked about it before. You know, we take a supplement that makes up for some of the vitamins and minerals that we miss out not eating uh, animal-based products. So I think that as these studies come out, it's important to really look at it and go, well, it makes sense, but Mm -hmm. is inherently, like you said, a little bit more risk to stroke better than long-term costs of heart disease, right? Mm -hmm. Right now, we live in a country that doesn't really have a universal health care mm-hmm. where the NHS in the UK does offer that cost is not really a thing that you have to worry about, mm-hmm. whereas some form of heart disease could be a long-term cost of medication, surgeries, things that you have to do to mitigate it. So worth the possibility, even if it's not definitive that a stroke might happen versus mm-hmm something that could end up costing you a lot in the lifetime of of that disease. Yeah, and I think, you know, obviously neither is a disease that everyone, or a condition that anyone would want. Right. We're not saying like one is an easy yeah. thing and one's not. Um, but I do agree. I think one is more statistically likely for most adults, right? That's a big killer. Um, and when it is so clearly linked to diet, that is an easy choice for us of definitely taking that health step. We are really interested to see more more data on how a vegetarian and vegan diet does impact your choices of or your risk of a stroke but like we said i think that percentage of and i would really encourage you looking there's lots of videos as well on youtube now of of, uh, dietitians kind of dissecting the study and really it does show you know drastically your risk of heart disease drops whereas the risk of stroke is very small Mm -hmm. it is very small i think it's also really important to kind of think about the diet itself. I was reading a few articles about it and one of the doctors that was part of the study did say, you know, it's it's data that's been collected over decades, but it's also decades that have seen a huge change for um, vegetarians and vegans, right? If you think about, I know there's lots of jokes about it and all that, There's there has been lots of meat substitutes on the market for a while. That's not new. I definitely grew up with Baca burgers and things like that. There's lots of Morningstar has been around for a long time. All of those brands, obviously the Impossible Burger is a new thing, mm-hmm. um, but there's been lots of you know, black bean burgers and other vegetarian versions of burgers for a long time and meat substitutes. But what's really changed over the last, I would say, 10 years is the sort of fast food side of it, right? Like now there's so many fast food options for a vegetarian vegan diet. I think just the options available kind of with fast food and different things like that for a vegetarian vegan diet have increased greatly, which is great to have more choices as a vegetarian vegan. But I think the point is it's no longer this definitively healthy diet. Yeah, no, I, would, I would agree with that. And I think, you know, obviously going to McDonald's, even having a vegan option or another fast food chain, like that's great. But, you know, I, I've met a lot of vegetarians and vegans that eat 
Oreos and mm-hmm. different things that technically fit within the diet, but the, yeah, but the actual <laughs> the actual meat and potatoes of what they're eating is not necessarily ironic is not necessarily that great. And with substitutes, obviously, you now have this new thing of like, okay, if we're substituting something, are we actually eating something that is inherently healthier, or mm-hmm. the things that they needed to create that to make it feel and taste like yeah. what you're replacing? Is it really that much better for you? So I think you're right. I think having access to these studies as as people are looking for more and more alternatives, obviously more alternatives will start to exist, which mm-hmm. is great. The downside to that is is we don't know some of those alternatives. We don't know what the lasting effects that those might have in the fa- mm-hmm. in the chase to make it similar to something you're already used to. Right, and any diet like really high in those unhealthy fats and salt in that sort of like you know, things we all know are not healthy for us, whether it's vegan or not, it's not going to be great, right? You need to have that balanced diet. A similar study that came out, um, I think around the first time of this, the like, the study that this new one was built on, so a few years ago, found that like 1% of us are actually eating a balanced diet that meets sort of nutritional guidelines, which is so low. I was so surprised 1%. I would understand if it was like, 10%, you know, because we all indulge a bit more than we like to admit, but 1%, I was blown away by that. And I think that's true that we all, we all indulge maybe a bit more. And I think that's all right. We're never going to be against a bit of indulgence, obviously. But I think that's kind of the point of all of it is there may be elements of every diet that are healthy, but it's that continually making sure that you are evaluating, Mm -hmm. is your diet healthy? Are you making healthy choices? Are you not just deciding this is healthy, regardless if it includes Oreos? (laughs) I think that's really important. Yeah, I I completely agree. It's very important. And even for us going down a Mm plant-based, I would say eating vegan, maybe not quite the vegan lifestyle, which we're working towards, uh, but also adding in that keto aspect, you know, I think what's important is, is we're constantly evaluating what we're eating and how we're eating and understanding how that food all comes together as one unit each day or each mm-hmm. week. So I think for us, it's really important to keep reading these studies and keep mm-hmm. understanding what they're studying and what the effects are so that we can make sure that we're maximizing the nutrition that we get on a daily basis because you don't want to be missing out on something. And our goal is a well-balanced as best as possible mm-hmm. and... Also, we're looking for something to make sure that we're making it sustainable, right? Mm-hmm. You can you cannot eat a lot of food for three weeks and lose the weight that you want to lose. But at the end of the day, as soon as you go back to eating what you were eating before that, it, it's a moot point, right? You're just going to go back up. So I think that all these different aspects, as we kind of start incorporating them and understanding how they fit together, it helps us make more informed decisions with how we eat. Yeah, definitely. And I think all of these studies, that is the underlying of like, no diet is a guaranteed healthy lifestyle. You have to eat a variety of vegetables and protein and have fiber in your diet. And like you said, for us, sustainability is important. I do think our particular style of eating with the keto, we're constantly tracking. So it is you have to be looking at what you're eating and that helps us have that reflective piece of, is this healthy? Or have I just kind of grouped it under that window? Um, we'll definitely, like I said, be looking out for more studies on this sort of thing, or if you've read one recently, um, or if you want more information, like someone else sees one and you want us to investigate, let us know. I think I love this. It's so fascinating to read, especially how they went about the study and where they came from. I think it's really fascinating. And 
something we just haven't spent as much time doing before, but I'm happy to do moving forward. It's really interesting. Yeah, and we'll put a link to the Vegan Society of the UK. They're one of the original vegan societies and they have a lot of great information, mm -hmm. uh, whether you're looking for information of how it's more sustainable from a, from an environment standpoint or how it's more, more sustainable from a processing and all these different things. So there's a lot of good information on there. And the nice thing is, is they link to all the studies that they do. So if you really want to make sure uh, and really read what the article is about, because, you know, for us, when we saw the headlines, when they're like, you know, a lot of the people cherry pick the important part of vegans are at high risk for stroke, that is concerning. But once you start breaking it down, yeah. even in the study, they're like, yes, but, and that's, you know, yeah. kind of how we ended up here. Yeah. And it is important as well. I think there's some great resources um, like you said, on the Vegan Society website, definitely a great place to look for some ideas and, and like you said, a lot of research. But this study was done by Oxford, an independent organization, you know, and they have such a good, reputable history of well-researched well and well-implemented studies. Mm -hmm. So newspapers and things like that kind of cherry-picking just that, like you said, that one headline of highest strokes, it really doesn't reflect within the study itself. And that, I think, for us as well is why it's so important to read it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so if you see a headline and you want us to investigate, I'm happy to do so. Um, but it was well worth the time, I think, to investigate. Definitely there is something more to investigate, but I don't think conclusively yet, according to their results, the way they said it themselves, that it is true that uh, a vegan diet is at a higher risk for strokes. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Maybe in the future they'll have more information for us, but... As of yet, it's not quite as conclusive as led to believe in the headlines. So as we transition into the next part, uh, I would say we, this part has been really, really fun. Uh, the is it worth mm -hmm. it vegan or keto items that we are either advertised or we come across while we're shopping. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, when we were doing regular keto, we were constantly looking for those things that were, you know, the mythical zero carb fits <laughs> all the macros. And we're still doing the same yeah. thing. Uh, we have adjusted the idea of how many carbs is is a, is a low amount of carbs per, per product. And one of the ones that we have come across, and we actually looked at them before a while ago, but because they had a few carbs in them, or maybe the formula was different when we originally looked, you know, because I looked at them, I must've been advertised them a while ago <laughs> and just never really put two and together. But this week we're talking about no-cal bars. I definitely think that looking at them, they really fit those uh, important markers that we're looking for. Uh, they are vegan. Uh, it's two to three carbs per bar, depending on the flavor mm -hmm. and 21 to 22 grams of protein, which 20 grams of protein is a, a good amount of extra protein, especially mm -hmm. when we're looking at trying to find other ways to add protein in that's yeah. low carb, especially on a plant-based keto diet yeah they have some great flavors birthday cake chocolate chip cookie dough sticky cinnamon roll chocolate glaze donut definitely they're trying to um get some good flavors out there we have only tried birthday cake lemon meringue i think we tried the peanut butter and then the chocolate chip cookie dough and the raspberry truffle oh yeah and raspberry truffle that's right mm -hmm. yeah um they're very dense right not like yeah. chewy they definitely don't stick to your teeth or anything but they are dense. It feels like you're getting a lot of protein just because it is quite a, a heavy bar. Um, but there's no overpowering fake sugar taste, mm -hmm. right? They yeah, have, it's they have good nice. taste. I know we always love birthday cake flavored stuff. Mm -hmm. Like that's hands down my favorite. If I see it as a flavor, that's what I'm going to go for. <laughs> <laughs> so we really did enjoy that one. I like that one. There's even a few... I will say that's the only drawback of the birthday cake when they have sprinkles in them, but the color is sort of bleached out sometimes. So they're like a bit of a 
brown or like <laughs> unappealing yellow color. So they're sprinkles, but yeah, they're not the best. <laughs> and I would say that they do have a little bit of a drier mm-hmm. texture. I it doesn't uh, it doesn't bug me mm-hmm. um, knowing that the benefits to the bar and the flavor mm-hmm. is really good. So sometimes you know there is a little give and take. But I would definitely say uh, we ordered a few more boxes this this mm-hmm. last week. Um, they've been a great extra supplement as we've been working out more and helping us make sure that we're hitting uh, that extra protein that we have had talked about in the past of being harder to get. But I would definitely say that they are, are worth it if mm-hmm. you're looking for a really good high quality protein that has mm-hmm. a good taste that does you know help out either on the go or just as a, a, another um, added in like after workout, before workout mm-hmm. uh, supplement. Definitely. I think they're worth it. They're very tasty. Uh, like you said, we love the birthday cake flavors. The other ones we've tried are good too. Chocolate chip, raspberry truffle, lemon meringue we tried mm-hmm. a while ago. Definitely. They're really easy to take on the go. They There's no coating on them, so they don't like melt. You know, sometimes with when we were doing regular keto, a lot of the Quest ones have some sort of coating on them yeah. and they definitely melt pretty easily. <laughs> yeah. But there's no coating, so they don't melt. You can shove them in your bag and go. Definitely. I think they're a great a great buy. I definitely check them out. You can mm-hmm. find them on all sorts of different places. I we order I order just direct from them. Mm-hmm. Their shipping is pretty quick, which is nice. So yeah, definitely uh, give them a give them a check out. And so our favorite bit of the week, or feels like our favorite, <laughs> and our last bit is wind fails and adjustments. So I think our win is pretty much the same as last week, but it's still a huge win. Is making progress. Um, if you listened to last week, you heard that we had added in peanuts ages ago and not thought two things about it. And we have been really struggling with a plateau the last mm-hmm. month or so. And all we have done, it's so like simple that we've yeah, cut crazy. out peanuts and the little bit of peanut butter we would have in a day. And I mean, I lost seven pounds this week and you lost what, five? Yeah, four or five. Four or five. Yeah. Obviously, peanuts make a huge difference. We were still within our carbs easily, but there's something about the amount of peanuts we're eating maybe or something so easy easy progress we have made this week drastic progress um with cutting out one thing yeah and i think that this this shadows that importance of tracking mm-hmm. right you know uh, your tracking isn't going to be only as good as what you actually put in there and if how honest you want to be with what you put in right one of the things that we were able to really kind of utilize our tracking is is what is changed now versus when we were seeing better results and Mm -hmm. realistically once we kind of dove in and realized the peanuts might be a thing and started looking into it it really seems like it has as soon as we cut them out it seems like that plateau just disappeared and we started going back down on the scale so i definitely think that that really kind of highlights that benefit of of tracking and understanding what you're eating and it helps go back and go okay what is it that seems to be consistent and if i change that will i see results for sure being able to go back and see this is the last time i was at a lower weight let me go back and and then see the few weeks after that of what we're eating what the macros were like what happened definitely so we don't have any fails this week but as uh yeah no i just peanuts <laughs> yeah i mean i guess <laughs> i guess it, it's not really a fail anymore because we've completely eliminated mm-hmm. them so it was a fail it's no longer a fail but uh as for adjustments uh we we finished doing our workout set um so we are just now down to walking uh couple times a day, Mm -hmm. uh, which has been nice because sometimes when you're doing a specific workout routine, Mm -hmm. uh, it can get a little bit stressful because you just want to get it done. And then 
what we noticed is, is we did a 30 day kind of workout program to give it a try. Um, it's a very popular one. I'm sure you probably know who, uh, one of the things that was, uh, it kind of, once we got towards the end of it, it was kind of like we were just doing it to do it versus mm -hmm. doing it to really focus on, you know, are we actually getting healthy? So I think that adjustment of being done with that and then seeing how we do, the nice thing is, is we obviously have been going back in the right direction on the scales. So mm -hmm. I think it's been kind of nice to take a little bit of a break and, and relax from, from doing a couple walks plus a big workout each day. Yeah. And just, you know, definitely balancing work and all that's going on, the heat here in Atlanta um, and doing all that, it definitely was becoming a bit of a much and it just felt like we were at home all day or except for the walks but it still felt like we just had so much to get through each day with all of that and coordinating mm -hmm. that so it's been nice to finish that up move on a bit and just ease off and like you said we're still losing so maybe we didn't need to be doing the workouts we just needed to get rid of peanuts right <laughs> yeah and i think one of the things that we've discussed is two two week four week programs are really good if you're really looking to jump start into mm -hmm. i think that if we do another one it might be a two week one because we noticed like i said at the end of the the four week one it was really just we have to get these we have to get these workouts done so i think maybe a a, sh a shorter more intense might mm -hmm. be better for us than a break and then another shorter more intense workout so we're going to kind of play with that a little bit later in in this in this year maybe in the next month mm -hmm. or so um, but for right now, uh, the two walks, eliminating peanuts, it's been great. Yeah, we definitely, I think, are more um, like gym sort of people in normal circumstances. We like to run on the treadmill, do some weights there. So I think being confined to the apartment has been a bit of a struggle. So yes. normally we, it's not our favorite thing to do like a workout program through an online platform. But I think there's so many great workout programs out there for free for everybody, which is phenomenal. You know, we're all stuck at home doing what we can. Um, so it is really good. But like I said, it's not, it just hasn't been our vibe so far. So yeah, yeah definitely. It's been a good couple weeks. Yeah. It's nice yeah. to have that positive shift, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, with that, that's the episode. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope you really enjoyed us diving into that, that mm -hmm. study that just came out from Oxford. And we definitely encourage you to go read it, do your research. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, see what you think of it. And, and, you know, like I said, we're always excited about new things coming out. If you get a chance, grab a no-cal bar. Even if you just find one at the grocery store, give it a try, see what you think. We definitely recommend them uh, from a standpoint of fitting in and the good taste. Sometimes uh, I've found with protein things, you have to give up on the taste, which you don't have to sacrifice on these, uh, on the no-cal bars. And then, uh, you know, our wins and fails. So, we look forward to seeing you guys next week and we have a really cool show planned. Um, another really cool topic and another cool product that we've stumbled across. So uh, we'll see you guys next week. See you next week.